Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. A few weeks ago, we talked about spiritual forgiveness. And then after that, we made it clear that if we want, actually, I define what a spiritual forgiveness is. It's different from just mere forgiveness. I have forgiven you, but inside your heart, there is still something. A spiritual forgiveness does not leave any trace. It is something, a complete and total discharge. And if you discharge somebody and you still ask for the person for the money, you have not discharged him. No, let's get this right. I have forgiven you, I've discharged you, but I still come back and demand for money. I have not. That's because the Spirit of God has not come in. Because most of us always look at it from uh, whoever can, nobody can do these things. Absolutely nobody. No human being. Except that one who is now born of God. And we know that with God, all things are possible. We know that he said it's not by mind or power, it's by his Spirit. And it's a question of a total surrender. When somebody has surrendered and God sees the heart, a broken heart, a contrite spirit, said, I will not despise. I will come then and give that heart an enabling spirit, a transforming spirit that will transform the person to become a new creature. That's why he told us in 1 Samuel, he said, when actually the spirit of God touched Saul, Saul became a new person with a new heart. And the Lord promised us that even in Ezekiel, if you look at Ezekiel, you go to Romans 11, uh, 19 to 20. He said, I will now give them a new heart. I will replace the stony heart and put the flesh one. I will do that. I am the Lord. And I'm just going to work on it. So we saw that. And we saw that spiritual forgiveness is not only forgiveness. It's forgiveness with love. Do we still remember that? And what is? Compassion. Compassion. No, I have wonderful people here. I think the time for me to come for that too. Spiritual forgiveness has compassion. People don't understand. They think, I have forgiven. But see, when you remember the person, oh, no, you are angry. You have not forgiven. There's still a trace of bitterness and anger. But then you see, the light of the world, I'm talking about the elect, those who are being sanctified by the spirit of the living God, those who have now become the spirit of God. Because he told us what? In John 3, 5 and 6, that those who are born of the spirit are what? They are spirit. So if they are spirit of God, they are God. The small God unto unbelievers. These are the people who have been touched. And these are the people, no matter whatever their past was, now that have now met God in truth and in spirit, have completely turned the other way around. 360 what? Degrees. That's the repentance. That's what the, the person I'm talking about. Not everybody on the, on the street. So this person has compassion. He has compassion. He has love. He doesn't just forgive. He forgives and then he has a spiritual what? Obligation. To plead to the Lord. Lord, this person who had done this evil to me, he didn't know what he was doing. If he knew you, Lord, he would not do it. Just like what our Lord and Savior did, did what on the, on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He was there interceding for us. And then, if you look at what happened to that adulterous woman, he said, now go. But I'm going to tell you what to do. It's not only for you to go. I'm forgiving you, but go and sin no more. Because I'm going to show you the light to go. That's the compassion that is there. That when we can plead for the enemy. And that nobody can do it except it's truly, completely born of God. That's why when Christ was saying, love your enemies, it's impossible. Nobody can do it except that one who is born of him. 
Because one who is born of him now has taken all, all attributes of God. He can deal with it because it's the Spirit of God now doing it. And if you look at Romans what, 8, 10 to what, 12, I'm just talking before we get into what we're going to talk about. That scripture tells us that the time will come when I will give them what? That's be a new covenant I will give to the children of Israel. In that way, I will write my law in their heart. Then they will be able to do what I tell them to do. So that's that. Then, then last two weeks we covered about, last three weeks, sorry about that. We dealt with overcoming all evil with good. If you, I don't know if any of you have tried this since we, we, we talked about it. Every evil in this, do you know one thing? There is nothing in this world that love cannot conquer. There is nothing in this world that, do you know lion? You know that, you know that sometimes some people here who have lions as pet. Why do you think lion sees you and then doesn't kill you? Because you've shown the lion so much love. And I'm just telling you, love conquers everything. That's why he told us in the scripture that love what? Oh, all multitude of sin. Whatever it may be, it will wipe it out. And that is being perfect in love. I'm not talking about just love. Oh, I love this person because I'm attracted to the person. That's not the love I'm talking about. I'm talking about perfect love as God loves us. Because he said, be you perfect also as your heavenly father is perfect. So whenever you use the good and follow anything, you must surely overcome. Why? Why would you overcome if you use good? Because God is good. Is there anything you cannot overcome with God? With me, everything, God said, I will overcome it. So we dealt with that. And of course, you know, about a few, two weeks ago, we, had, we dealt with some hard things about what? You know, some of them were talking about uh, reverence in the word of God. Not questioning anything about God. Not disputing the spirit of unbelief to go. And then the last one, we talked about naughtiness. Don't be stubborn in your heart. Let it go. A stubborn heart cannot serve God. Except somebody is converted as a child. He can never enter into the kingdom of God. But today, let me rush it down. Today, was 15 minutes, 30 minutes, so let's do that. I'm going to be talking about spiritual reconciliation. We've talked about spiritual forgiveness. we talked about overcoming all evil. I'm not talking about one or two. And if you have forgiven every human being on this earth and there's one remaining, you have not forgiven anybody. Oh, let's get it right now. If you have forgiven everybody, but I see one. You said, and see this one? No way. You have not forgiven anybody. Because James 2.10 told us one thing. He said, well, if you actually obey all the laws and you break one, you have broken all. Do we have it right now? So we talk about spiritual reconciliation. What is actually, even, even ordinarily, let me see what, what is reconciliation. A reconciliation is bringing together. I don't know if I can get it right. Bringing together that which is apart. That otherwise it should have been one. A soured relationship. Patching it back and bringing it. That's a reconciliation. Back again. And let me put it this way because this is exactly the way I think I wrote in the book there. Love is to forgiveness. As actually forgiveness is to reconciliation. If you say, I love, or you say, I have forgiven, but yet you say, I can never have anything to do with him anymore. You, have not, you, don't, you don't love the person, you have not forgiven. Because that's not reconciliation. That's the thing about the world. Now, what you want to do is every time you sit back, you say, okay, this thing I'm doing, and the world is doing the same thing, what is the difference between me and them? 
If I act like a non-believer, I speak like a non-believer, whatever I do is what actually tells whom I am. Am I not, am I not, am I, are we not right? It is not what we say, it is what we do. Now, God is all about love. And there can never be any love without forgiveness. And there cannot be forgiveness without reconciliation. I want to make sure that we get this thing right. God is not only love. God is perfect love. And those who are born of him must be perfect as God is in love. Now, some people may say, well, Father, I think one pastor was arguing about him. He said, nobody can be perfect in love as God. I said, are you saying God is a liar? That's because we're looking at it from our own eyes and said, our own ability. That's not our own ability. All God wants us to do, surrender. I will give you a heart that will do the things no man can do. You see? That's why Christ said, be you perfect. I didn't say it. And that's why God told us also, said, be holy because I am holy. The same God cannot tell you be holy and said, well, don't. Some of us think, okay, uh, we're gonna, nobody can do it until that day. You're not going to get in there. Ask God to give you that spirit. Ask God to transform you. Because transformation into a total image of the Son is a perfect image. Because God is perfect. Are we, are we there? Okay, reconciliation. We haven't come to the scriptures yet. God might shake it. Reconciliation. The only purpose that Christ came into this world is to reconcile you and I to who? To God. That is the only purpose. And that's the only commission that God has given for his children. I'm telling you right now. Go you all nations and do this. The same commission. Bring these people to me. Now, that's the only reason why Christ came. If there's any one of us here who claims to be a child of God, including myself, and there's someone, there's someone, a human being existing, I don't care who the person is, that you have not attempted to reconcile with. Or, in all godly sincerity and good conscience, you have not done everything you can to reconcile and bring that person. You don't know God. And yet, you don't have love. Because it is not a person. Listen to me right now. That's why Christ came. And you know the beauty about it. Let's read the Romans 5, please. Romans 5, 8 to 11. Romans 5, 8 to 11. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were sinners, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Through now we have now received the reconciliation. I, I want, let, let's get this thing right. God so loved us. That's, that's a mystery in that scripture. You see it clearly. God so loved us. He sent his only begotten son for one purpose and one purpose only. To reconcile that that was set apart. During the time God formed man, it was a perfect image of God. And then Adam, for whatever happened, that was broken. To reconcile that, God, out of that love, 
And that's what he tells us to be in love. But there's something he said there. Why yet we are, sin we are sinners? Now, this was an argument somebody got to me. One pastor was doing a revival back home in Africa. And he was, uh, no, 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 no. The man was saying that the son offended him so much, he asked the son to leave. And what the man was asking me, since now you tell us to forgive everybody. I didn't tell you that. Christ told us, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Don't tell me now. I'm just saying what Christ said. Okay? And then he said, what should I do? I said, go and look for your son. Keep praying and whatever it is, do it. And the pastor said, no, I think I disagree on this one. I said, what do you disagree? He said, you should wait until the son comes and say, sorry. Now, let me ask you this. How about if you are waiting for your son or your daughter to come and say sorry, and in the process you die? And you have that bitterness in your heart. Now, I want to get this clear right now. And yet he tells us here that why yet we were sinners? He did not wait. Remember we were crucifying him on the cross. He did not wait to say sorry. Yet, this was a man that was being offended. And yet he will say, Father, forgive them. He has that to do. That's how God is. Reconciling with God. And there's only one way to reconcile with God. It's a total fusing together in spiritual agreement. Being one-on-one. -on -one. Anchored on what? On the two keys to the kingdom of God. Love and obedience. There's no other way to please God. It is to love God and obey him. We can stand there and have one million, I mean millions and millions of churches all over. And preaching and dancing and clapping our hand and shouting hallelujah is of no use. As long as we don't love God enough the way God wants us to love him. And love others as God loves us. And obey all that God commands us to do. We are wasting time. It may be feel good. It may be about money. But that's where it ends. So it is anchored there. That's the reconciliation he's talking about. Bringing people to him. So we're not going to be able to say, let's wait until the person who has offended us repents. I'm going to come to it right now. Because he said, why yet you are killing me? Why yet you are sinners? I still love you. Because of that overriding force, that love was so overriding. I would do it. And that's why he told us in 1 Corinthians 13, we all know it. He said, love is everything. No matter whatever happens, it doesn't find fault. It doesn't sit down and say, let me see who is actually right and which is actually wrong. When you have that love of God, you look at someone who offends you with pity. And then you pity the person you are praying, Lord, please have mercy on this individual. If he had actually known what he do, he would not do it. And that's what Christ did for us on the cross. Now, but there's a difficult, the, the most difficult area, just like any other thing. Loving God is one thing. Let me tell you one thing. But the greatest difficulty lies where? Loving others. As God loves us. Again, reconciling man to man is an issue we're going to talk about right now. But there's one thing I want everybody to know. You cannot reconcile anyone to God. Except you are reconciled within you. You know why? You cannot give what you don't have. It's like somebody saying, oh, peace be to this house. And inside him, there's no peace. This is a man who is there. That, not, God is not going to listen because he, he told, <laughs> in Psalm 66, 18, what did he tell us? If I got any iniquity in my heart, the Lord, God will not hear me. I can shout and shout. He's not going to hear what I'm talking about. So you cannot give what you don't have. If you don't have the spirit of God, if you don't have peace, you cannot give it. And to be perfectly honest with you, 
we know the common saying says what? That charity always begins at home. You see, if you are the one saying, God is with me now, I'm born again, I'm this and that. But inside you, you're not ready yet to bring anyone. And the problem about that's the question. Who, who was asking all that question? Read me Romans, please, one. Let's read 20, 21 to 24. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. Romans 1. Romans 1, 21. Okay. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. They were darkened. Let's leave it at that point. The foolish hearts were darkened. The foolish heart. Because we don't, let me tell you one thing. Anyone who is actually telling you, say, oh, no, I'm good. I can love. Remember what we talked about the test. I can love until you are tested. Some of us can shout out, oh, hallelujah. I am, you know, the, I, it's a very wonderful Christian woman. I think you have heard it before. All of a sudden, you step on the small toe. Wow, that's a brimstone. Everything, hellfire. And this is the person who was talking about laughing. And that's why God is, God is telling us, if you look at Romans, he said, you, who is actually talking about, don't do this, do you do it? Are you following what I'm saying? So, there's no way you can reconcile. Christ has to reconcile us to himself first. Think about it now. Let's get this one right. It's like you right now, you said, Let's go ahead and employ me to be ambassador of the United States. You didn't go to school. Are you out of your mind? I mean, you gotta reconcile that. You gotta be ready first before you can give that, which is extra. Christ reconciled, and that's why we, we, the, the bridge is there. What God wants us to do is to reconcile everyone to Christ. Through who? Through who? Like I said. God wants us to reconcile everyone to Christ through who? Hmm. Through Christ? Through us. Now, now I'm coming now. Let's get it right now. You gotta come. That's a conduit. You remember we said the point of contact? Okay. That's electricity. I send you out and you are there. You gotta go through me first. Are you following me? Because Christ, he went through him. For, I'm trying to get this in right now. You have to reconcile with everyone. There is no way you can reconcile anyone to God. Except to recon you have to reconcile with that person. It's not possible. Where did this thing come about? If you look at, what is Matthew? Let's, say, let's read Matthew 7. Let's read from 17. Maybe even. Matthew 7, 17. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit mm -hmm. but a bad tree bears bad fruit a good tree cannot bear bad fruit nor can a bad tree bear good fruit mm -hmm. every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire therefore by their fruits you, you shall, shall know them know them by their works what they do you shall that's a conduit passing through by the works i do then trying to get this my brother to come to christ if that is a bad work, I can never do it. It's impossible. Because you know one thing, I can pretend to him, I can go on, but in the middle somewhere, God will expose me. And I will fall. Because he told us that every tree that I didn't plant, I will uproot it. 
That is why I tell them anything involving deceit, manipulation, or lie concerning the work of God, everybody run away from it. Because the person asked them for debt. That's a conduit. And Christ did that. Christ had to come first to reconcile us to him before to God. Read me Colossians, please, 120. You can see that that's what Christ did. Colossians 1.20. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. To himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Thank you. He reconciled everything first to himself. That's why he was just so bold to say, when I'm lifted up, I will do what? Because I, every man has reconciled him. I'm going to my father. So for us to reconcile anyone to God, we must reconcile. We must have that. Otherwise, do you know one thing? Have you ever imagined yourself trying to get somebody to know God or to face God when you hate the person? Anyone you hate that knows you hate him or her, you know what he does when he's coming on the way, when he sees you? He goes right away. Because he said, this person is exhibiting a very horrible way of life, ungodly life. I won't go close to him. How are you going to be able to draw that person to God? So, we reconcile with everyone. And this may be a question that you may have probably right now. And the issue that is always asked about would be, how do I reconcile to somebody? Let's get it down. Then you're somebody asking that question. That is so unrepentant, right? And we have people like that, right? Unremorseful and unwilling to even say, I'm sorry. How do you reconcile with somebody like that? At that point, at that point, when you have somebody who is unrepentant, so stubborn, in fact, he pushed every sword he can get to that injury. The hour of taste of your light has come. Would you shine as a light of God? Or would you succumb and return evil for evil? That's where the maturity and the humility comes, my people. Unless God has broken you to almost nothing. When that happens, then you're able to even catch up and say, I am the light. Remember one thing, someone actually that's out there, as they are doing evil, is lost. I want you to know that. You may be thinking that that individual, he knows what he's doing. He doesn't, spiritually. He may just think he knows what he's doing, but spiritually he doesn't know what he's doing. You are the way then. That's what Christ did. And if you look at what Isaiah, what, 35, he said what? He has come to establish a way and that way is a way of what? Holiness. And righteousness. God. <laughs> it's a holiness and righteousness. And some people may say, well, I'm not going to be, this is where our biggest problem is. Please get it now because some of us have that problem. And I'm praying to God that you will solve that problem. I'm not going to be the first. How dares him? Then when you are saying that, listen to yourself. Anything that you say or do that does not edify God, anything that you do or say that does not, is not out of love, is not of God. Am I, am I making myself clear right now? At that point, the enemy has come in, the devil has come in. You're beginning to think you are something when you are nothing. But God tells you squarely, be you the fool. For what? 
the kingdom of God. If you have not become a fool yet, begin to pray to God to be a fool. Until you become a fool. And then he will raise you up. You will always stay there. Because he told us that when you think you have become wise, or you think you stand, now the time has come to do what? Fall! You should have fallen it. So this individual who is so unrepentant has a devil, I'm telling you. And no matter whatever you do, he's still stubborn. Then what is your choice? Go and do the good works of your father. Continue returning good. Don't worry. We went through it last week that your good can never kill you. It can never, no matter whatever happens, continue to do that. Let them call you the fool. But who cares? There's only one who justifies. And it's God. Let me not be the fool of this world, but be the fool for the kingdom of God. And that's why he told us what? Scripture tells us to go ahead and pursue peace. Seek it. Not only seeking it, but pursue. Read me, read me, let's go Hebrews, please. 12, 14. Hebrews 12, 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Without, I don't know. You know, sometimes you wonder whether we'll get this thing and paste it on everybody's face. Or put it somewhere they can read every time. He tells you, seek peace and pursue it. I say, without holiness, there's nobody who can see God. And God cannot lie. He has already said it. But then how do you, you can seek peace is one thing. But pursuing it. Okay? Some of us will go, let me tell you. Some of us will go now and say, well, uh, I heard what that guy is saying about reconciliation. I'm going to go talk to him. And he goes to talk to you and he shuns you. And then you say, forget it, who are you? After all, I mean, again, listen to yourself. What makes you different from him? He has shown you. But the enemy, the devil may be testing at that point. How are you going to react to it? And remember what he said, what? In Proverbs 24, 6. 26, 4, rather. Proverbs 26, 4. Do not answer a fool according to his folly. Lest you also be like him. You'll be like him. Because even you have two persons. Let me tell you one thing. I was just giving you look at like Pastor Charles right now. Pastor Charles and I are just on the street. We are there pulling at each other's tie. And pulling at each other's shirt and killing each and beating each other. And you passing there. You didn't know anything. You have no idea whatsoever that it was is a pastor and you don't know anything about me. What would you say? Those fools. Did you did you see those fools fighting over there? Because what we're doing had made us to be fools unto them. But God tells us, he said, go ahead. He said, if you react to a fool, the fool strikes you, you strike him back. No wonder Christ was saying, he said, he said, well, don't even ever resist evil. We couldn't understand it. Because whatever you do, you become him. The same thing you do. It's not what we say, it's what we do. I will, I will, I'm, 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 is that true now? Yes. So reconciling with them. This person is unrepentant and willingness to forgive. Let me tell you one thing. Those people who are stubborn and those people that actually have gone very far, you can hardly get them to come and say sorry to you. I'm telling you. If you wait for somebody to say sorry to you for you to forgive, then you're not doing the work of God. Why? Think about it. Somebody will come. You know, some, some people will just tell you here. And they said, uh, 
you know, I will never talk to him as long as I live. I love that. As long as you live. How long? No, no, no. I just want to make sure. I will never talk to this person as long as I live. But how long would you live? That is why only God knows. We can guess and we can think. But only God can tell. Since that only one who knows is there telling us what to do, we should always listen to, to him and nobody else because we don't know tomorrow. And let me tell you one thing. He tells us, anybody who says, I'm in the Lord, I'm still walking in darkness, is actually, he's a liar. Where is it? First John. One, five to six. First John 1, 5 to 6. This is the message which we have received from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice we the truth. We do not practice the truth. Walking in darkness, and that's why if you go, if you go ahead and further, look at First John 2. 9 and 10. He said, whoever says, okay, I know God and you love, you hate that brother. He said, you are yet in darkness. You've not even started. Why is he saying that? Whoever is of God must do the works of God. And if you look at Matthew 5, 16, he said, go and do those good works of your father. Let people behold those good works. When they do, they will then glorify your father. Not your good mouth. Because most of us have got a good mouth. Otherwise, if even in the Christendom right now, in churches, you got so many auctioneers. Ba 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 salespeople. That's entertainment. That's not the issue. The word of God is supposed to pierce and break you. If it doesn't break you, it's not the gospel of God. I'm just telling you. It's not to make you laugh, it's not to entertain you. It's to save the person. That's why he told us what John 6 is the third. He said, Well, the word I speak to you, they're all spirit and their life. And nothing more than that. So you got a situation where anybody who is of Christ said, must do the work of Christ. First John, let's go to six. Yeah. First John two six. He who says he abides in Him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Also, and he gave us an example by reconciling and dying. That's why I told you. Remember, we are talking about love. I said, whoever is born of God is now actually supposed to love others more than himself or herself. You may say, how? That's what he did. If you look at what John 15, 12, he said, look, this is the new commandment I gave you. Love others as I love you. Then he turned to verse 13. He said, is there anything greater than one sacrificing himself to his friends? And that's what he did for us. And they say, I have sent you to go and bear fruit and bear good fruit for it to remain. John 14, 12, please. Verily, verily, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. That's what he will do. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my father. Yeah, but what, how about if we're going contrary to his works? Do we belong to him? Now, because God and his works are the same. So, forgive. And let me tell you one thing right now. There is nothing that such is such a serious consequence in our prayers that I'm irreconcilable heart. 
if your heart is not, remember what I said, some, I'm sure some of you have been asking me, said, well, how about somebody who's stubborn and doesn't want to be reconciled? I told you one thing. I said, you must reconcile or attempt in all godly conscience. And I, that's going to give us problem now. What's all godly? That is, God himself testifying you have done all you can. Are you following me now? And in good conscience. Clear your heart. And then after that, begin to. One other way to manifest, you have actually reconciled in yourself, within you. That's one way to manifest it. Is that now, every thought you have and prayers is to that evil, whatever you call the person that I've hurt you and said, Lord, I have tried all I could, but I know one thing, Lord, if I keep crying every day unto you and say, have mercy, even our, the way that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ cried, Father, forgive them, I don't know what they heard. I know you will stretch out your hand and you will save them. When God sees that true heart, you have reconciled. Are you following me now? Now, reconciliation, somebody may say, well, what I'm talking about reconciliation does not mean every day you go and eat with the person and party and drink. I'm talking about the heart. Blessed are the pure. In where? In heart. Those are the ones who shall see God. You want to make sure every moment your heart does not have anything that an accuser will come to you. Otherwise, we have gone through it before. Zachariah 3. You see where what? The devil was. We standed a whole high place. Joshua. Said, God, don't bother about Joshua. This is mine. And God said, that's because this man, you have a filter garment. Go and take it away. Take it off. So reconciliation. Got to be complete. Now, how about in a situation you don't know where this person is? This person was asked me somewhere in, I think, in northern Nigeria. I was doing a revival. And they, that was a wonderful question. The lady said that this guy who did me so much, I swear I will never forgive and reconcile. But now you said this. How could I reconcile with the man like a person like that? Remember, reconciliation is in the heart. Even if I thought you don't know where the person is, you should be able to inside your heart. Pray for that person and move on and forgive and let it go in any way. Otherwise, the consequences are very severe. That's why God warned us in Matthew, what, 5? 23 to 24. 23 to 24, Matthew 5. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you leave your gift there before the altar and go your way first be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift first be reconciled to your brother and then come back otherwise i will not accept that gift that's a very serious consequence that's another thing that i've noticed because let's rush i need to really let's close it so we can have our meeting one other thing I want to tell you is this. Don't you ever wait as a child of God. You see, example, you have to be the example. I don't want you to go about setting an example. Don't set an example. Be the example. It's almost like saying, somebody saying, oh, you know, I want to be like Christ. Who told you that you want to be like Christ? I want to be Christ. You know one thing? Because you see, I don't want to imitate Christ. You know what? Imitation is not good. I want the Spirit of God to come to me so that I'm one with Christ. Amen. That's the key thing. You begin to be one with the Word of God and live the Word of God. So, don't 
when it comes to reconciliation, don't wait for that person to come to you. This is, this, you may not like this one. Some of us don't. Because well, why is it that we find it difficult to go to somebody before, before they come to us? God bless you. And then in Proverbs, God said what? Pride. And not here, it's an abomination to me. That is why the, all the wars, do you know all the world wars and every war? It's because of what? Pride. Pride. I will not let it. Uh, look at Iraq. Saddam. Hey, hey, hey. Now, who are you? All of a sudden, we say, who are we? And how many people have died? Because of the stupidity of the man. There was something which I was writing when I was in high school. I didn't know what I was going to use it now. I was calling it, I said, I said because of the stupid wars of the, among our people. That's why. Because I call it stupid. You know one thing? It bothers, if you look at it now, now that the Lord has come, probably, and walking in my life, I thank God. I, I sit back and I wonder how in the world I could look at any human being and then be in enmity and struggling with the person. How much more my own wife and, and, and husband? Because all about it is nothing but the pride of man. If you will come down and say, let me be the fool for the... What, what is the problem? Oh, yeah, it can be resolved. But if you don't want it, I want to tell you right now. If you wait for a tree to grow and mature, it's going to be impossible to what? To dig it out. If you want to eliminate a tree, pull it when it's very young. Otherwise, you go and eat, like, remember we are talking about you go and eat Gary, or whatever that's a sticky food in your hand, and then you let it stay there overnight. You are asking for trouble. To wash it becomes difficult. Let me tell you, if you want to cut off every arm of the enemy, cut it immediately when it happens. If you learn that, that's why Ephesians 4 told us what? Ephesians 4, 26 to 27, we don't have to read it. He said what? Let not your anger do what? Last overnight. Why is God telling us that? Because when it lasts overnight, it hardens. The heart hardens. And the stubbornness becomes more. The enemy has come in here beginning to say, no. It's not on my, it has to be on my tough. After all, he's the one who offended me. But how many times have we offended and killed God? And yet he, he, he had mercy on us. That's what you have to understand. Now let me all tell you one thing. Whatever you do, don't qualify your peace. You're going to find out this is in the book there. That's why, uh, who's that? That's why they should be paying, they should pay 100 for it, right? $100 each. No, I'm just kidding. You see, don't qualify your reconciliation with the bot. I go to them and I say, Mama, you know one thing? Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, whatever it is, you know, I'm sorry this thing is going between us and it, but. In law, but is argumentative. And but negates every remorsefulness. All they are saying that you're not you're not remorseful because it cancels what the previous sorry. There's no point saying it. You just kind of doing out of obligation, not out of reverence for God's issue. So whenever you go, go with a clean heart and resolve it right away, and cut the enemy off very quickly. Read the same Matthew five twenty five, please. Matthew 5.25 Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge and the judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. You be thrown into where? Prison. And you won't come out until what? You pay the last <laughs> penny. <laughs> until last penny. 
because it's too late now. You see, the practical aspect of it, even look at, look at diseases, look at jams. Most of us here in the medical area, all of us say that one spot, you don't cut it off, you don't heal it right there, and it keeps going and growing. It begins to be a big problem. Whenever, if you really want to, for avoidance of every doubt, what is, what is doubt I'm talking about? What is the doubt I'm talking about? For avoidance of every doubt, reconcile immediately. Whatever the situation, solve it. Go to him and say, my brother or my sister, if I have offended you, be, don't worry. Don't begin to think about who offended and who didn't offend. Learn what God has, learn what I have learned. I don't worry about who offends me anymore. What I worry about at that point is this. Whatever is flowing through me ought to be able to minister to this individual. And you do it without showing the person. That's what I'm doing. It's almost like, let me tell you one thing. Uh, somebody, was, <laughs> somebody was telling me, uh, one lady said, you know one thing, I'm, just, I would, I'm so angry. I said, what are you angry about? He said, if I was not born again, I would have taught him a lesson. I said, you know one thing, ma'am? He said, yeah, you are not born again, and I don't know when you're never going to be born again. Because, you see, you, you are telling me already, if without this, in other words, you are so busy, look at you. When actually you are born again, you are walking in the light of God. You will not even know what you are doing. You are doing it because that's the way it is. You don't do it for God to see you. You don't do it for anybody to see you. You don't do it to please anybody. You are doing it because now God walks through you. And you open your mouth, he's the one who speaks to you. Not you doing it. So that is why you reconcile with somebody very quickly. Be the fool for the kingdom. And when you do that, you will see God working in your life. I'm going to close here because of the meeting we have. But I've tried as much as I can to put something that's a lengthy thing into a very short paragraph. And hopefully, we can get that. If you can combine spiritual forgiveness, if you can combine that with re rewarding good for every evil, and then if you can do that with reconciling with every human being, unless the one said no way in this life, then don't stop. You must seek to save that life. The, two, the mission of Christ was that. The commission of Christ was the same. There's only twofold to our relationship with God. Knowing God and making him known. That's all God asked us to know. And that's reconciliation, true reconciliation. Now you know me, then reconcile with this brother and then bring him to me. And when you're coming, don't come to me with what? Empty. You know, you know, I, sometimes I wonder about this kind of manipulation. You know, when in the church, when they are just sounding, they say, the Lord said when you come to his house, don't come with empty, empty hand. And what we're thinking about is money. What of the empty hand? Okay, let me, uh, let's put this way. Let's, let's call this now. What of the empty hand that you be coming? And the Lord said, what happened with the, the, the $1 or $10 I gave you? You mean you didn't profit with it? You didn't bring anything? You are coming here? And you heard me saying, whoever does not bear fruit shall be what? Shall be cut down. And you know, there, there are some people who, that's the funny part of it, and I'll close. This is not going to be like uh, Baptist preaching. And I'll close right, like I said, I don't know what you're talking about. 
Well, this said that when I say I'm closing, it goes on and on. But uh, it's not going to go on and on. You know there are people. You know there are people who have resolved in their mind and place some people in their permanent delete mode. You know when you go to the computer, say delete. There are some people who will tell you easily, you know, I have deleted his number. But they didn't delete the number. They deleted the person. They want to delete the person from their memory. And you know the funny part of it. And when you get that book, you read. The funny part of it is that the priority of human beings is so screwed up. Do you know that sometimes we prefer to, to speak to the pet? And some of us, of course, we speak to the, the plant. You know, we go to the plant, we say, hi, what a wonderful. But then the, a man created or woman created in the image of God. We can say no more. And then that's another thing that we do that bothers me. Sometimes we forget one thing. That the mission of Christ and the reason why he came. If you look at Isaiah 61, 1 to 2. He said, I came to set the captive word free. But some of us will even go to prison. We even go to anywhere. I'm not talking about prison. Anywhere there are people that they are so in need. And we say we're ministering to them. But we forget about the ones we confidently have what? Put away and put in prison in our mind. There is no way it can work. It will be ineffective because God will not receive it. You see? So, what I want us to do, the only thing that happens in the Bible is that such your heart, including myself, wherever that the enemy will come and accuse you, let it go. If as any human being you have not reconciled or forgiven, let it be from today. And the Lord God will bless you and give you more years and prosper you in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.